Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. I'm Noor. Join me and my co-host, Cheryl Tay. Hi, I'm Cheryl. Every episode where we talk to you about balancing life and fitness and the pursuit of passion. This is brought to you by Purpose Performance Wear, World Championship winning kits for triathlon, cycling and running. Okay, hello again uh, to this week's episode of Purpose Podcast. Uh, myself and Cheryl, uh, this time, it's extremely honored to have another young entrepreneur uh, following up on what we have had uh, previously. Uh, this time around, the entrepreneur is from Singapore. Uh, and I would like you, her to introduce herself. Uh, so, yeah. Mandy Chan, please introduce yourself. Hi guys, so my name is Mandy. I'm the founder of Go. So, it's a lifestyle company that designs a multifunctional tech. So today I'm super honored to be here um, to share about my story and uh, to chat, have a chat with you guys as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for making uh, this next half an hour or 45 minutes to sit down and talk to us, Mindy. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Just uh, tell us a little bit of uh, how, how, you know, what, what, what does Bo do? What is Bo? Bo? Okay, so Bo is a venture that I kind of started about four years ago. So back when I was 19 and um, I really wanted to start my own business and uh, when I was thinking about what business to start, right, I started thinking about what problems I personally faced. So last time when I went to the gym, right, I, I would always leave my phone back in the shower. And that's when the concept of like a multifunctional bag where it's just one bag one bag out to any places came to me. Um, that's how Bo was started and what Bo is about. So over at Bo, we actually have a whole line of bags um, catered to the multifunctional lifestyle that, you know, a lot of modern people with a lot of activities nowadays. Um, Cheryl is actually one of the early, early supporters uh, with her movement of Naked Truth. Uh, where they actually mm. employed their, their logo on the bag, and yeah, so it's really, really nice to be here with her today. Cool. Yeah. Did you all? Did you? Did you always have that entrepreneurship? Uh, you know, streak in you, and you're just looking for an idea, or did the idea come first, and then you decide, okay, I'll be an entrepreneur? <laughs> uh, I think definitely, I have always taken an interest in business. So, like for example, in primary school. Um, I would always like take stuff from my house. For example, I, I took marshmallows from my house and then I would sell to my friends for extra pocket money. <laughs> Not knowing that I was actually making a loss because I sold them for like 10 cents. I think my mom bought it like 15 cents. But to me, it's free, right? Because you have to go home. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, because to you, it's still a 10 cents profit, yeah. right? Because but you never realized that the cost actually came from someone else. Yeah, correct, okay, correct. Okay. <laughs> When did you? When did you learn? When, when did the, the epiphany came and you said, "Hey, wait, hey, wait a minute"? I mean, like I'm selling this for ten cents. Did it? <laughs> when did that? I think definitely like when I went to the supermarket, um, grocery shopping with my parents, and then like when they checked out with the whole bag of marshmallows, and I realized, oh, okay, it's expensive. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that was like one of the experiences. Um, another experience I would say is like, for example, uh, during secondary school. Uh, there was actually this competition that um, this guy would like me asked me to join. So throughout the whole process, right, I fell in love, but not with him, but with the whole idea of like selling something, you know, to, to make people happy. So that was another experiences that we have to make our own um, prototypes of like coasters and all that and sell it to the public. Yeah, that was mm. another experience as well. Mm. What, what, what? pushed you, you know, to from, from, you know, just thinking about doing about it 
and then mm-hmm. really doing about it. Because you know, mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur myself, and and so is Cheryl. Mm-hmm. You know, right? A lot from what we know, and I suppose from our experience and yourself included. Most people that we know actually have a lot of ideas. They always say, "Oh, you know, when I want to do this, I want to do that. I have this idea for this. I have this idea for that." Mm. You know, but but in your case, you actually decide, you know, okay, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna, you know, and then I'm gonna learn things while on the way. So, when did the, that streak came into like, you know, I'll, you'll push yourself to it because it's it's. Plus, you you were still a stu- you were still studying. You you were just out of JC yeah. then, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So you know, many people would also say, "I'll wait until after I finish my uni. I wait until I finish my or I graduate, and then I'll, I'll follow through." Whereas in your case, you did not do that. You actually said, "After my JC, I'm gonna you know take a gap year, uh, and then I'm gonna you know go on this uh, this uh, startup uh, entrepreneurship journey." Mm. What what really pushed you to doing it? Mm. I would definitely say like after I graduated from JC, um, I actually interned in three different startups, which kind of gave me an idea of like what a startup life is like. Because I think I'm like very similar to you know, a lot of people like, oh, I always want to start my own business. I don't know what and all that. But throughout the three internship experiences, right, it really taught me about, you know, how exciting a startup life could be. And startups where you don't know anything, you just need to do something. Um, and I was very, very fortunate to actually meet a mentor who encouraged me mm. to take a gap year. And I would say like, um, just my whole principle in life kind of guided me there as well, in terms of uh, not wanting any regret, you know, on the day I die. So, oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it means it's worth trying, especially when you... Yeah. Okay. Actually, I have a lot of questions to ask you because I think you have a very interesting background. I really, really <laughs> about it. But I think, I just, you know, Stop a little bit here and let, let Cheryl ask you a couple of questions. So at least I could, you know. So Cheryl, do you have anything to ask? Uh, For me, is really when you discuss, I mean, in Singapore, right, it's a lot of focus on, A, you must study, you must finish school, you must get out And taking a gap year is not very common. La. Oh, you know, what if you mm. get out uh, later than your peers, blah, blah, blah. So when you decide to take a gap year, do you face any resistance from, like, your parents, your relatives, your friends? Hmm... I think definitely uh, there will be a resistance because I think in normal Asian like you know context, um, my parents are super traditional as well. So uh, in order to make this decision, they kind of told me that you know uh, I'm on my own lah, which meant that they kind of cut off mm-hmm. my allowance for pursuing uh, this option. And that was when I had to work part time jobs in order to who uh, to fund the whole thing. So I actually worked in like as an admin. I worked as like a salesperson. I worked in like a, as a copywriter. Um, which eventually helped me in the business, but during that time, you know, it was running to different um, clients' office to, to to sell software that I knew like really nothing about. But it was cool, lah. The whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, even among my friends, I'd say a lot of them actually just went to university, and a lot of them actually told me, you know, just wait until after uni, lah, uh, or like uni, you know. But to me, I felt that if I don't do it now, I wouldn't ever do it because. Mm. I think it's it's even harder when everyone around you is like doing that thing, you know, in university assignments and all that. Um, why I decided to take the gap year and yeah, yeah. That's that's what I wanted to ask. Why don't you wait until you graduate? I mean, it's just another three, four years more, or work on it. Mm. Why? Mm. Why you have to take a gap year? 
I would say, similar to this purpose podcast, um, I didn't see a purpose in going to university if I didn't know what I want. Wow. Mm. Okay. I wouldn't mm. know what my True. outcome I'll be working mm. towards is. Instead of just like going to school, it'd be the repeat of like JT, in my opinion. Yeah. But you, but, but you still go to the university, you still did go to uh, university after that, after your gap year, right? Mm. Did you, did you, when you, uh, so it's obviously it's tough. It's, uh, to me, I would say it's actually tough because I think I, I would assume that your business were doing well or starting up well. And then, uh, you know, of course, there, there probably will be, you know, people on the left side saying, you, know, you can continue with your entrepreneurship and then people on the right side saying go back to studying and then try to balance it what 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 kind of choices that did, did you have to uh you know consider when you decide i will try to balance student life and entrepreneurship life you know by going back to school um going back to school was something that i kind of promised my parents um they said that you know if i didn't make a graduate's pay you know, by the time i finish my startup because actually my idea, you know, and uh, I, I, I had to go back to school. So at that point of time, of course, mm. I wasn't earning like graduate pay, lah, which is at least like three, three to point, three, three to four K. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, a lot of money that was in the business was actually, was actually reinvested. So I think I definitely took no pay for at least two years. Um, and that's why I had to go back to school. And I think that actually benefited me in terms of really getting to know uh, more people. Uh, I felt I felt young again because you know, like in the business world, right, everyone is like older than me. Mm. So you know, you naturally like will be older. But then it, it was fun, lah. Like school was escape from work, and yeah, it yeah. it provided me with like the it was it was like holiday, you know, when I, whenever I go to school. But but wouldn't it be like you know a bit of a you know tools i would imagine right? because you know as an entrepreneur running your own business your the way you're thinking is a bit more mature i i can i can really pick it up from from talking to you now you're a bit more you know you you have a good solid standing you you sound like as though you sound like you're standing on a really solid ground then versus going to school who's you know probably just exploring everything trying everything out you know being a little bit more playful not thinking too much about you know what happens in the next couple mm. of years did you did you find it difficult to uh, balance that kind of uh, between two lives? Um, I would say yes. Um, in terms of like, for example, uh, I think a lot of people will be, you know, a lot of student entrepreneurs will struggle with time, right? So, luckily for me, mm. my office was actually two stops away from school. So, it meant that every time when I finish class, the next place I'll go is office. So, I had to shuttle between these two places quite frequently, and thankfully they were uh, very close, so that was good. In terms of like communication mm. with my peers, um, I didn't really have a lot of social time. So the time that I really got to know people was through projects where you had to work together. And um, I wouldn't say I have a large circle of friends in university, lah, but the people that I made friends with, uh, I would say that they are all pretty mature in their own ways, uh, pretty entrepreneurial. And uh, those were the people that I chose to hang out with because I could relate more mm. to them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Cheryl? Okay, then, um, I mean, then my next question is really, I'm sure there were, a, the learning curve is very, very, very steep because, like, you're so young and it's very scary, you know, to, like, deal with money, to deal with, like, getting business and also deal with people, like, will people take you seriously or not because you're so young? Mm. Uh, mm. Go and bad to it, lah. The good is, like, oh, wow, you know, support young 
growing entrepreneurs, but the back can be like, Che, you know, how, how serious are you about this? So how do you overcome this and what other challenges do you face? Mm, I think definitely one memorable one would be like when we first went to China, right? Then uh, like at first, right, the, the factory had, you know, like those uh, signboards like, oh, welcome Mandy Chen from Singapore and all that. And then after they had like, oh, they put yeah. a Singapore flag or, you know. And then I think when they first saw me, they were like, oh, so, so where's your boss? I was like, uh, yeah. like, me, it's me. <laughs> um, so I think they're definitely like, uh, they got a shock. And after the whole meeting, you know, they actually did a whole presentation for like 40 minutes for their company. And then they were like, uh, at the end of it, they were like, oh, okay. So maybe, you know, um, you, you send us your business plan uh, and we will just consider if you want to like, you know, take you in. So it was very funny. Like I was a buyer and they were the supplier, but the, the power switch was like, uh, they were trying to build a power play, which was quite funny, right? Because I was supposed to yeah. be the one buying from them. Yeah. Yeah, so um, to overcome that, I think definitely you have to find people who believe in you. Mm. The that I worked with, right? They um, saw who I was and um, I think it was like the third or fourth factory already. And you kind of know, like, you have to say certain things to the Chinese factories. Like, you have to make yourself sound like fucking, sound, sound really big. So, um. Mm. That was kind of a little bit of what we did, but also eventually the factory found out that I was still schooling. Uh, but by then we were mm. already placing like larger orders, uh, so that was okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so definitely cool. people believe did, you first. But I and I and I didn't imagine that that's what you have to go through at least for the, the first couple or even the first three years, right? Because especially when, especially especially so when you go back to stu- uh, to student life. And then you know you are going out, you are pitching your product out. You know, I suppose you know you are you are trying to talk to buyers, you are trying to talk to resellers, retailers. You know, and and then they also find out that you are a student, and they are they are probably thinking at the back of their mind, it's like is this girl even serious or not? You know, because she's a student, is she doing this part time? You know, so how did you have to over? How did you overcome that? Did you do you still face that uh, currently in uh, at least you know in, in what you're doing now? Um, currently not really because uh, I would say that a lot of people wouldn't think I'm a student. I don't really actively promote that I'm a mm-hmm. student as well. Uh, even though I'm finishing my last semester of school, uh, we've got really mm. really great clients who trust us, and those become our track record. So, for example, recently we partnered mm. up with uh, Fitness First. Um, for Singapore mm. and Malaysia for their merchandise and like their, uh, more than that. So definitely that's something mm. that adds credibility to our brand. And yeah, I, 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 would, I would say like a lot of people know that I'm still a student. <laughs> yeah, so I'm happy. Mm. When, when, do you, when do you graduate? This uh, year or I'm next year? this semester. So finally, I'll be okay. full-time. So, yeah. <laughs> finally, you'll be earning a graduate's pay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I mean, in terms of like, you know, I come I come from a design background, and I think when I when I started when I started uh, purpose, I would say that I have been blessed because I I have a design mm. background, so it was fairly easier for me to you know to do product design because you know especially you are a product company and purpose is also a product company. I'm assuming that you do not have a product background. I think that's a that's a uh, I would say that's a big big uphill task, right? Because you have all these ideas in your head, but you. You know, you need to find a way to communicate it, and you need to find a way to, you know, do product design and product mm-hmm. testing. You know, what kind of learning process did you have to go through? You know, you know, to 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 get to the 
first product, the the most perfect product that you are ready to go to market. Mm, I definitely the help of my co-founder. So he does have like a product background, but not in product design. And I would say like mm. constant exposure to bags. So for example, it's going to every department store, everywhere I went, the first thing I would look at is bags. I'll take pictures, I'll look at the material mm. design, um, comparing, using different bags. That gave me an insight into um, what kind of materials work better. For example, why why should we use mm. you know, nylon instead of using um, polyester, etc. Yeah, so definitely I think that mm. kind of exposure helped. Um, another exposure that helped was really visiting different factories because they were mm. making uh, different bags and you could really see like the whole breakdown of like uh, the, the supply market, mm. etc. So that really helped as well. And mm. I think it's ultimately like designing for ourselves. If you look at the of products that Bo has, right? A lot of them are very designerish, but in terms of functionality, they are there. So I would say like that um, is our design philosophy that we don't really add a lot of bells and whistles to the whole bag itself. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. I mean, it's the same way. I actually when I first started, uh, it also I also go through. You know, practically every cities or places that I go to, the first thing I look for is yeah, okay. barrels, right? So. You know, you just need to know, you know, because sometimes what you see in Singapore may not necessarily be the end all and be all of what apparels are. You have to see what other places are, you know, right? So, you know, because, you know, multi, multi uh, weathers, different kind of apparels, you know, different fabrics for different uses. So it's really interesting. So it's something that I had, I, I had to go through it myself. Okay, so um, I think when you are your own boss, right, you try to like, cut costs at the start, right? Try to do everything yourself mm. <laughs> as much as you can. Like, so you are all over the place, like production, marketing, partnerships, um, everything, like retail, blah, 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 and even your own accounting. So mm. what were some of the things that you had to do that you never knew how to do, like um, that forced you to go out of your comfort zone? Uh, a lot of things. I think every... <clears throat> every... Every every uh, single year, there's been a lot of things. For example, just this year, uh, I had to learn how to do like Illustrator and Photoshop. Uh, <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, and I was like watching YouTube videos at like 12 a.m., learning how to design a penguin, learning how to, you know, uh, move the different objects around, creating shapes, filling the shapes. <laughs> yeah, so that was one of the things. Um, another thing would definitely be uh, accounting, more technical stuff, I would say, even like pricing. So um, to share a little bit, during the first year, right, we actually priced our product wrongly. So the first ever mm. bag that a lot of people uh, wouldn't know is that we actually came off with a bag called Sweatbag. So Sweatbag was actually retailing at about $40. And mm. to, uh, ask people to buy, you know, sometimes we give discounts all the way until $30, $30. But the thing is, our cost price was around, like, I think almost $20 at that point of time. Mm. And uh, I didn't know that that was like not really making money because I didn't account for staff costs, I didn't account for marketing costs, etc. So I just thought that, oh, just mark up a bit. Lah. Um, so that was definitely one of the things I learned about pricing strategy, um, especially if you want to work with bigger companies, you know, who would want a bigger dis- uh, discount of customers, yeah. etc. Mm. Yeah, which was a really painful lesson. Um, we made a five-digit loss on the first year, uh, but manage to push through. Yeah. Wow. Manage to push through and learn from there. Yeah. yeah. So definitely I think the pricing is another one. Uh thirdly, I think it's um uh, marketing Facebook ads. 
So because Bo is mainly we, we get most houses um from online, mm-hmm. uh, other than just B two B. So online stores usually we will have to like uh engage a third party. But then when we were left on our own, where our third party decided to start his own business, which is my friend, uh, I had to take over the whole marketing as well in terms of paid media, learning how to do Facebook ads, um, analyzing the results, and coming up with, like different creatives, uh, copywriting, etc. So that was another thing that I had to learn as well. So yeah, but I would say like learning all these skills actually was like super fulfilling for me because for me. Um, when I know a little bit about the skills and how it works, then I'll be better able to guide the team as well if they didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Are you are you working with any mentors right now? Do you have any mentors? That, I mean, I I read I read I read your profile and I guess at the start you did have you know maybe a mentor or two. Yeah. Um, and then just now, so you did say you know your the the places that you intern with, uh, you know those you know the startups and all those those are mentors. Mm. But did they did they stay on to become your mentor for long, or after, did you have to then strike out on your own until now? Or what, what's do you are you still learning from anyone, or or are you just learning on the go now? Uh, I would say like mostly it's learning on the go, but I still uh do my best to actually make time to meet up with the mentors. Uh, for example, mm. Stanley from Selfo. So Stanley is uh, one, he's actually my first boss when I started uh, my internship. And mm. even though he operates in an ag tech startup, um, there's still a lot of things that I can learn from him. Like for example, how to manage a team um, that's growing, how do you, uh, how do you negotiate, negotiate and all that. So mm. Those are like the soft skills that I really learned from him. Um, I do have another mentor um, who is actually currently renting me his co-working space. So I do meet him on a weekly basis and we just go through like the uh, weekly progress, etc. to make sure that we hit our goals. Mm. Mm. How did you, how did, I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm interested, now I'm now a, a bit intrigued suddenly. Yeah. You know, how did you, uh, how did you meet Cheryl? How did you guys you know, both, both hook up? Is, is it because, you know, through the, through the, through the bag that you wanted to make for Cheryl for her Rock the Nicker truth or you know, did she, yeah. They reached out, they mainly, and that time, Dorothy Teresa was helping you out. Yeah. Yeah, so the two of them emailed me, like, and then, oh. they want, whoa, what is that? <laughs> they emailed me and wanted to uh, talk about collaboration. You know, they said, oh, they are, they are, I think they introduced themselves, like, they were students, they were working on this initiative, blah, 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 would like to work something out. And then at that time, it was from my running club, Rock Nicker Truth. So I thought like, I always like it when like, you know, all these very young, aspiring, and then like, you know, you take a gap. I think it's a very brave thing to do. Like you're crazy, you know, like you, you like just mm. leave school, I like, had to go and start something. And then God, it's very scary. So I was like, okay, okay, I will help this girl, you know, let's go and meet up with them and see how it goes. And then they showed me the bag. And that was actually the first sweat bag, the one that she priced wrongly. So we actually, um, we actually, I think we sold quite a lot, like, like yeah, it sold like over sixty. Bags, yeah, we I cleared sixty over bags for her. And after she had to reprice everything and then relaunch the brand and everything. But so I, you can say that I was literally with her from the start, at the start really, like from the first product <laughs> that she priced wrongly. <laughs> yeah, but it moved so fast, right? It really was priced yeah. wrong. But he priced so low, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, okay. Um sorry yeah. that um actually Tessa uh met you first and that was because I, I actually was uh matchmaking her and another guy to go to your class, like the boxing class, I think. 
Oh my god. So that was okay. how like when she told me about you, I was like, oh my god, we have to work with her. Yeah, that was how we kind of approached her. So that's a funny story that not a lot of people know. Yeah. So did they ever get together? No, sadly. <laughs> You're making sale lah. <laughs> yeah, but they had a lot never of fun. Never mind, never mind. Stick to doing business. More important. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, you, do you still work with a lot of influencers now? Or, or were you have you had to uh, switch your um, marketing style to be more focused on, you know, mass market, mass audience, media, uh, paid, paid media, paid ads? You know, do you do you still work with influencers or mainly you've moved on to just doing more of the mainstream? Uh, currently we do both. So uh, we definitely still have like our paid ads um, running around. If you guys go click on our website, you'll be probably like retargeted. Yeah, I've been retargeted. <laughs> yeah, are we retargeted? quite a lot of that. Um, yeah. We also work with uh, influencers as well. So every month we actually collaborate with at least one or two. Uh, the mm. most recent one is actually with uh, Sh- uh, Sh- Shalene. So Shalene is one of the athletes that we reached out to. So she's really a gym, um, uh, gym, gym rat. <laughs> Would you say that? Gym rat? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So she actually embodies the kind of both breed that we want. And that's who we usually work with. So when we usually source for influencer, etc., we don't look for just, you know, the feed and all that. We look a little bit more for that both element that they have, which kind of means like mm. um, they're really passionate about something or they really push themselves out of their comfort zone. And that's what we are all about. And if we can resonate with the influencers, that's when we usually, we usually like reach out to them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which is why Cheryl is also an influence, uh, our, our influencer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Mm. Cheryl, do you have any questions for her? Or if not, I can just oh. continue on because it's like I'm just like learning so much from yeah, you okay. I think you can go on talking about like business <laughs> questions. I think I want to pull it to the personal side. I want to say that okay, yeah. when you work on your own business, your own brand, right? It becomes your baby. It becomes your everything. It becomes your priority to the point where I believe you will put it above like your relationships, lah. Mm. Um, because it's everything. I mean, you cannot you cannot lose it. Put everything to it, right? And I can, although I I don't have. Like my business is structured differently from yours, uh, uh, but I can understand like, I can relate lah, like how how it is so important to, to to put everything you have into this. So I just wanna ask like, especially for someone so young, you know, people at your age are busy with like makeup, go kai kai, boys, right? How do you force yourself to grow up faster than others? And how do you even do you have to go through any uh, painful personal lessons, uh, because of your business? Hmm. I think definitely. Um. Initially, when you first started, um, I believe like all of you will have this experience as well. Like when you first start, you kind of need to commit hundred and twenty percent rather than hundred percent, mm. right? And you want to spend all your time on building the brand. So at that point of time, when I first started, um, that was when I was together with my first boyfriend. Uh, we were together about four years in total. But there was a point of time that um, I was really just every day I work from about 9 or 8 a.m. I'll work until like 11 p.m. every single day. And even Saturday, Sunday, when we meet, when we met up, um, it would just be talking about work. And it was so bad until the point where I had to recruit him to the, in, into my um, startup. Mm-hmm. And then he would just help me do work as well. Yeah, I think that kind of like destroyed the relationship a little bit and he felt really neglected. Um, that was one of the reasons why we split. Um, and 
that was definitely something that I didn't take notice of because I think when you first start up, you really just put your whole focus into the business and want to make it grow. But you kind of forget that there are people around you that you need to care for as well. Yeah, they can't put their life um, on hold just to wait for you to focus on your business. And they need care and attention as well. So I guess that was like one of the biggest lessons I learned um, from that mm -hmm. whole thing. Uh, another painful experience, I would say, um, would definitely be not really painful, lah, but it's just something, it is what it is. Lah. For example, during this three and a half years in SMU, um, every time when there's like a summer break uh, or like there's a winter break um, after, after school, right? It would, the next Monday it would just be work as usual for me. So Monday to Friday work, um, Saturday, Sunday sometimes. So there isn't really a break in between. And I would say like out of my years of starting since um, 19, right? The real break I have like ever gotten was really maybe last year when I went to US for 14 days. So mm -hmm. in between, there wasn't really like a break per se. Um, there was one time I went to Japan with my parents for like 10 days, right? And during the trip, I cried, you know, because I was like, oh my God, I want to work. Like, I cannot. <laughs> yeah, so it was, yeah. it was so bad until the, the whole like workaholic thing, you know, really got into the life of um, really spending time with friends and family. Yeah. yeah. Is it workaholic though? Because I actually went through the same. And I, I, I think I still go through the same, especially... You know, since, since starting, I've, I don't think I've ever had a break. I, I had one break before I actually started up Purpose. Mm -hmm. And that was really to find out what I wanted to do with Purpose. But sub subsequently, it's never, there's never been a break. I, I would be overseas, but I'll be working. Mm. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I think, yeah. So I don't know whether I should call it a workaholic or not, because I think it's really, I don't know whether you would agree with me, but I think, you know, every product is our baby. Mm -hmm. It's a baby that we're trying to, you know, build and grow. Mm -hmm. And especially with the such things and so i get much more personal with the things that i'm designing and the things that i'm creating do you feel the same way when you're doing it with bow when you're designing you know when you come out with a new product you still very you feel very personal and very vested in the products that you're do that you're doing yeah definitely i would say like even the the the, the standard and the quality is something that um a lot of people you know on the outside they wouldn't notice the small details that you put inside um mm -hmm. like for example how uh, at the back of our anchor shirt, which is our latest product, right? We actually have this X um, on the outside of the, of the shirt. That means that whenever, whenever like, you know, you want to customize, right? You can actually change the color. But uh, those are small details that a lot of people be like, huh? Why? Um, they wouldn't notice that the intention behind it. Um, down to the backs, you know, every part. For example, the card slot, how it actually has an added depth. So your card doesn't fall mm -hmm. out. Yeah. So I would say the quality and the standard in which our own products when we design, right? We have so high expectations. Mm. Um, but when it comes to, you know, consumers who, who, who see the product, they might not realize that. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, good, good. Um, one more last business question. I wouldn't say last question. Business question, and then I'll hand it over to Cheryl Day, who will then ask you more personal stuff. I'll try to latch on to that. So, did you go through any fundraising uh, competitions? Uh, you know, I, I remember going to one and I'll, I'll tell you my experience of going to mm -hmm. one uh, and it didn't go out well because, you know, the, the, I had, I think I had five minutes to pitch. Mm -hmm. right? So this was right at the start. I had five minutes to mm -hmm. pitch and then the, the, one of the judges was really asking me a lot of questions and I was like, you know, we were, we were like really bantering and then the moderator just cut me mm -hmm. off and it got, re it got me really, really, really 
I would say you know cheese or mm. and then after that I never I never enter anymore <laughs> fundraising competitions <laughs> anymore I said I don't need to go through all of this because it makes me feel really small about my idea <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> so I said so I thought you know I'll, I'll just do it all myself how did you have to go through that uh fundraising the, uh we haven't really like actively participated in really any fundraising kind of competitions i would say like there have been a few um entrepreneurship uh, competitions sharing about uh like for example the recent one i participated was the global student entrepreneurship awards so that was kind of mm. a worldwide thing where um i was representing singapore to take part in that um we placed first for asia but you know when it came to worldwide then we didn't manage to place lah Uh, that was interesting, mm-hmm. and there was a small, there was a small cash. I think like like two thousand dollars or something for it, but nothing serious. Not really mm-hmm. like a fundraising one, like a pitching one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think moving forward, we'll be interested to take part in more of those because uh, I think at this point of time, our brand is kind of ready to really grow and to really expand our product, uh, our range and all that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I also thought of okay, making you small thing. I I just I recently took part in one, a virtual yeah. uh, virtual pitching, and then after I yeah. said like, uh, what is the need for them? Right, they were like, I'm very sad. <laughs> I'm very sad. You said that, blah, blah, blah. like they were okay for the financials yeah. everything, but when I talk about um, yeah. what I was willing to give them, because I, I eventually I wanted yeah. to give, uh, not I didn't really want to give part part with any sticks, so I just wanted to be alone thing. Yeah. yeah. Then after that they were like, and then, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's really difficult, right? Because I I I mean I guess if you are going through it again and you feel what I mm. I felt and I felt that you know competitions. I mean, if you I mean it's it's great to talk to investors because you get you know really really you know an extended amount of time to mm. talk to them. But when you are in competitions, seriously, it's a uh, five minutes. You do everything that mm. you can, and then you just get cut off. <laughs> so it's like oh my god. All right, so you have you put in so much hard work, and then you just get cut off, and then you just have to walk off. So I thought I'm not, not I'm not in this space to be, you know, to do that because I think I believe you yourself, you've done well. I think I've done well, and I don't think I need we need to go through that. But I think if it, if I, if an investor is interested, then we'll talk. Mm. You know, so I think that's that's my 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 stance right now. Okay, enough for uh, all the business talk. I'll, you know, I mean, I want uh, Cheryl to ask you more of the personal uh, stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so after hearing like all the lessons you have learned, like basically it's about finding more balance and remembering to care for the people around you more, lah. Because end of the day, business is business. People are forever, lah. I mean, they always have this very cliche statement like, "Toy tashu wa your death bed," right? You won't mm. think about how much money you've made, but you think about who stayed by your side the whole time. Mm. Um, and and I think it's something that we always because we always want to work, 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 make money, make money, make money, and all that. Uh, and when it comes to a time when Tashul lah, we I don't want any of us to go through any of those regrets. So like my first question is: So are you seeing anybody now? No, I'm not. <laughs> are you not? I'm not. Oh. I'm Is it? Is it? Do you think it's because the guys get intimidated, or because you have too high of an expectation now? Because that the reality is that you are twenty three, twenty four, but I think your thinking and your mindset, because of your past four years of experience, is I would say multiple, right? Multiplied by three or four. You know, the people that you speak to on a on a almost daily basis from work. So, do you think because you have too high of an expectation, or is because other people might look at you and? Think that you know maybe you know 
you're just too intense with your business? Uh, I would say, firstly, um, the expectation wise, I don't feel like I have a really high expectations. I but I can't quantify it. It needs to be when I first meet this yeah. person, right? We need to hit it off like right away. Yeah. So that's like the criteria. Mm. I don't know if it's high or low. Chemistry, um, chemistry. Yeah, I feel I think chemistry is super important. Um, also, I think the guy needs to be able to take my schedule. Um, oh, oh, that's mm. a big thing. Eh. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So someone who is passionate about his work, um, is super important as well, and doesn't mind me working. <laughs> It's it's actually true, no? Because especially for what you do, I would assume, or I, I'm sorry if I'm assuming, but I would think that um, you have a very finite window of time. You are mul- you are juggling many things at the same mm-hmm. time, right? So you are opening up an oppor- you are, you are opening up your schedule to meet people. You know, if you are meeting anyone, if you're going out with a guy, you are opening up. So you would like that to be productive. I think it's just. It's just plain, you know, that the things that you do on a daily basis, you know, eight hours a day, you want to have it to be as highly productive as possible. So it's not that, I don't think it's not that you have a high uh, expectation. It's just that you just want it to be productive because if not, then, you know, for that two hours spent outside sitting and chatting with someone, you know, you're probably thinking maybe it's better off I spend something else, you know, focus on my work or even studying or doing my Mm -hmm. homework, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's super important, like the quality time. Uh, yeah, mm. which which is why I think uh, for all of your partners, I believe like they must be really accommodating to your schedule as well. And every time you spend with them, it's it feels more quality than quantity. True la. It's like it's like how you know you want to eat something like it must be worth the calories. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like, who you want to spend time with? Like, it better be worthy la. But um, I mean, eh, but it's quite scary to you know. Imagine I have a guy, and I'm like, wow, this girl is like 23, 24 years old. She got 2.5 million dollar business behind her. It's quite scary, eh? Imagine this poor guy just graduated, you know, <laughs> 1.8 million. Just home at 23, at 23, just finished yeah, NS, you, think, you know. Okay, maybe <laughs> 2.5 minus CPM. You take only 1.8 a month or more. Then mm. very scary, eh? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I think the guy too. I don't think I don't think it's about how much they earn really. I think it's again like mm. you said, being understanding law. Mm-mm. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so. um, mm. I don't know. I, I put a relationship brand on myself, not to get into a relationship until ah. like November. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a... No time, like no time. It's 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 not anything, it's just no time. It's like yeah. I, I felt that um I wanted to be single because I think I haven't been single for a long time. And, you know, I just wanted to take, like, you know, one year of, like, just being single and really explore myself, etc. Yeah. So, it's ending soon in November. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Sometimes I hear people <laughs> say, I'm going to have a relationship bed to focus on business. Uh, <laughs> this, this is the trait of, uh, you know, a, a, a person with, uh, you know, who's empowered. A person who's empowered. <laughs> Just say, okay, I'm, hey, gonna... I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a cheesy romantic lover. What if you meet somebody that like, you know, like, is the one, then how? Then you let him get away. As in, if but... it's really the one, he'll wait for you. They won't, uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah, if it's really the one, then they'll still wait for you. Maybe if it's really the one, then, you know, there will be accommodation. But I happens, guess right? if we say you right know? person, wrong time, it's still wrong person. Mm, mm, mm. I would think so. 
Ja. <laughs> ja. Okay. Wow. Uh, I, I guess right person will still be the right person regardless of the time. I mean, eventually, well, I mean, everything just comes around. I think, yeah. you know, Singapore so small. Plus, Singapore so small, you know. I mean, eventually, I mean, you might, seriously, I mean, I, 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 I stumbled on my friends that I've not met for 10 years just somewhere in the middle of the street so many mm. times, right? So, yeah, people, it, things just come around, you know. It's not like you know, you're in different states where you are, you know, a country where, you know, 2,000 kilometers away, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, I want to ask a uh, last question from myself, I think, actually, more, uh, again, back to business. Um, would you recommend or encourage someone young who's like 19 years old to go through like what you do um, uh, the is so um because i feel that at 19 you don't really you don't really have anything to lose uh the maximum you can lose is mm. probably like your savings which is probably like less than 10k or uh, maybe three digits at that point of time i think i only had like 1k or 2k uh one year mm. of your life but in comparison the rewards you can get out of it is so much more so it's always risk and reward, right? And I would yeah, say, and true. I think really, like, there's no trade-off. There's nobody depending on you for income, um, if you're lucky. And yeah, so I would say definitely definitely do it. Uh, but give yourself a deadline as well. Mm, yeah, I think the deadline part is very important. Mm, mm. Cool, yeah. Good, good advice, good advice. If I, had, if I had known you when I was 19, I would have. Oh. But just that, you know. I was like a slacker <laughs> at 19. Even then, when you are 19. Oops. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, when I were, if I were younger now, yeah, so the saying that if I were younger now and I'm like, you know, just finishing school and I meet her and I'll, I'll be listening to that. Just that I, I guess when I was 19, I did not have anyone. Mm-hmm. But we were living in very different times also. La. I think with mm-hmm. social media and all that. Also. Nowadays, you have to, I think it's a lot, it's a bit easier to start a business because the cost uh, of starting a business is much lower like you know better than advertising or selling something online you know you use Shopify and then you just use Instagram Facebook boost the post no it's a bit easier la, than in the past you need a shop and then you need like how are you going to advertise radio TV buses it's mm-hmm. a bit different la. newspaper so it's a bit different now yeah um Mm, yeah, true. so so okay, the the last question for me will be during this period, like the whole circuit breaker lockdown and like, this pandemic, everyone has suddenly uh like everyone is suddenly an entrepreneur. Everybody suddenly start making business, become you know, finding new things to sell and then inventing stuff, become business owner. So uh, it's great, it's great to see like everyone um, you know, finding their enterprising spirit and, and finding different ways to to, to get income so I guess my what advice can Mandy give to these people who are um, new to, to you know it can be very exciting right like oh wow suddenly I take a lot of nice photos I start posting people are buying my cookies are sold out blah 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 but again like you said lah, it might just be for now you know like once you go back to normal in a year or something who I think people might not want to eat cookies forever maybe I don't know so um, what advice can you give to to people who stumble into to their own businesses like you did. Mm. Um, I would say, number one, to know your why. I think that's the most important. Especially mm. when times are hard. La. So, for example, if no one buys cookies from you for a month, are you going to continue or are you going to uh, give up? 
So and the only you. thing that really will keep you on this path for a long, long time is if you if you know your why. Uh, so that's definitely something that we need to think about. Because it's nice to, you know, earn money and it's nice to, for example, resell stuff on Carousel, etc. But if you want to make it a full-time thing, you need to know your why. You need to know um, the greater purpose behind what you're doing. La. If it's more, yeah, it needs to be more than money, in my opinion. Okay, very good point. Hmm. All right. Um, thank you so much, uh, Mandy. I, 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 I think I really learned a lot. I think it's amazing talking to you tonight, today. Thank you. Um, so, and I look forward to seeing you in person, and I do hope I get to meet you in yeah, person. Yeah, really I'll um, so, go for lunch. All right. Okay. Yeah, let's go for lunch. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 Hey, thanks for listening. Remember to follow the Purpose Podcast for your weekly dose of inspiration. See you on the next episode.